Olivia de Havilland had a way of taking matters into her own hands. It was the late 1940s, and she'd just come off the film The Snake Pit, a tough role as a woman in a mental institution recovering from a nervous breakdown. Why don't you get dressed? We'll see a doctor. Doctor? Yes. My head hurts. Robert, there's something the matter with my head! It was considered quite a pioneering film in its day. Soon after, between films, the actress was in New York, and she happened to go to the play The Heiress on Broadway. Wendy Hiller was the star, as a New York heiress to a fortune, torn between her suspicious dictatorial father, the one with the fortune, and her very attentive suitor, who is also interested in the fortune. It was based on the Henry James novel from 1880, Washington Square. De Havilland loved the play by Ruth and Augustus Goetz and strongly felt it could become a film for her to star in, playing Catherine, a woman who is starved for affection and who is ultimately alone. She could do that. She called director William Wyler, who came to New York to see the play, and he agreed. The studio agreed, too. It was a good vehicle for her and for Wyler, and also for Montgomery Clift, a new star who played the ardent, possibly fortune-hunting suitor. Now, if I can have the uh, envelope. De Havilland won the Oscar for the role, her second. Olivia De Havilland. Thank you for this very generous assurance. In Hollywood in those days, late 40s into the 50s, it was still an era of quirky women. They were stars, of course, but in many ways, some of them were more like character actresses, mannered and incredibly distinctive. Betty Davis, nobody ever walked in that halting yet aggressive way before or since. Catherine Hepburn with a rich girl haughtiness. Stanwyck, Rosalind Russell, Joan Crawford with her kind of working-class haughtiness in films like Mildred Pierce. De Havilland didn't have the quirkiness or the trademark. She just had everything else, most notably an intelligence and an ease in front of the camera that made her watchable. And she was especially good at roles, like the snake pit and the heiress, that required the character, in the face of weakness or trauma, to pull herself together. Are you going to remain in New York now, Mr. Townsend? What a delightful question. In fact, for me, de Havilland, as I have never been a gone-with-the-wind admirer, is Catherine Sloper in The Heiress, a performance I never tire of watching. Catherine, are you blaming me because I tried to protect you? Yes. Someday you'll realize I've done you a great service. Especially one climactic scene where, sadly, a little too late, she finally pulls herself together to confront her father, who has succeeded in wrecking her one chance at even an imperfect happiness. Morris Townsend did not love you, Catherine. I know that now, thanks to you. Better to know it now than 20 years hence. Why? I lived with you for 20 years before I found out you didn't love me. I don't know that Morris would have hurt me or starved me for affection more than you did. Since you couldn't love me, you should have let someone else try. You have found a tongue at last, Catherine. A scene both immensely satisfying and completely heartbreaking. It's a part she'd never have gotten to play, an Oscar she never would have won had she not been sharp enough to spot that role as made to order for her. And order it she did. So de Havilland, who as the world knows by now lived to be 104, was a somewhat paradoxical figure in her years of Hollywood stardom, a great star who certainly stood out from the others, though one reason that she stood out was that she didn't stand out, really, 
at least not by way of quirks or trademarks, but rather by playing each part to a T. It's Fishko Files. I'm Sarah Fishko. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex of bugs. (laughs) Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.